Hello my lovely, lovely, lovely people. How are you doing today? Lauren is radiating positive energy your way and I hope that you are receiving it through this phone <laughs> because it is perfect weather. We have been going through a heat wave in the United States, man. Actually, I think it's worldwide because my sister's in Italy right now and she be dying. <laughs> like the sweat she is dripping through her clothes. I'm like, sister, you need to change. That's nasty. <laughs> but yeah, it's been like 95 and I'm in upstate New York. That's not really like normal, but the temperature doesn't bother me. It's the humidity. Gotta say, I am a warm temperature gal, so it's not too much of a bother for me, but it has been toasty. And today it is a non-humid 80 degree weather and it feels like fall to me for some reason, but um, it's beautiful and I love it. Soaking in the sun as I'm on my podcast IBS walk post work nine to five grind <laughs> don't love it but that's life right so happy to be out here today and talking about a topic hmm what do we want to talk about today I think I know what I want to talk about as I told you I'm trying to go more from my brain and just kind of have this be a natural conversation between me and you even though you can't respond back well, you can if you go to my support group. <laughs> if you don't already know, I'm hosting a support group through an app called Circles. Um, this is a voices-only support group. The whole point of it just being voices is so that your identity remains confidential and so that you can be in a safe space to provide me with any information that you need to for any sorts of support. Um, you don't need to feel embarrassed by anything. I will be talking about poop and the most nasty shit ever because it's me. I don't give a crap, you know? <laughs> and you shouldn't either because your experience matter. Your your whole journey matters and if you need support on anything, I am here for you. And that is the support of these the point of these support groups. Um some might have topics, others might just be a flowing conversation. Again, you can't see my face, but you'll be able to hear me, and I can hear you guys if you ask a question or if you want to tell me about your own personal experience. So it's a very interactive support group, and I would love for you to join. Um, the first one, I'm not sure when I'm releasing this podcast, but if it's not already August 10th, the first one is on August 10th at 7 p.m. The next one after that is going to be August 24th at 7 p.m. If you want to have a real organic conversation with me on my late night Wednesday night, that was a lot of nights in that one sentence, but I would love for you to be there. I want to meet you all. I want to know your symptoms. I want to know your hard times and I want to help you go through it and I want to help you feel supported and I want you to feel like you're not alone and that I'm here if you need me because I truly am. That is the purpose of me creating these accounts for me to be there for you personally not for me to just be here. It's for me to actually help you and for you to feel better and more confident in your journey as a person who has celiac disease. So again, the first one is going to be held August 10th um, at 7 p.m. It's every Wednesday bi-weekly. So after August 10th, the next one is going to be August 24th at 7 p.m. If you follow me on Instagram at eat.glutenfreewithme, I will be posting links in my stories. I will also create a highlight um, so that you can learn more information about what the support group holds and so that you can also have access 
to the link where you can sign up for the support group. If you forget to sign up, no worries, you can join the day of. Um, and I might be doing these support groups on TikTok Live as well as I'm doing them on the support group through probably like my parents' phone. <laughs> I need to get a second phone. I feel like working in social media, I need like an iPad, I need two phones. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy world on the side of the on the side of the phone. But um yeah, so I hope for you guys to join. But if you want to learn more about that support group, I have a more recent podcast that goes over all the details. If I forgot anything, definitely check out the highlight on my Instagram page. Again, at Eat Doc Gluten Free with me. That will cover everything that the support group has to offer. But anyways, oh my god. I swear, every podcast is a lawnmower. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a... Like, come on, Lauren, you cannot be upset about this because you are the one who makes your podcast while you unwalks through your busy neighborhood. So, my fault. I'm just talking to myself now. But anyways, let's get back on track. So, I recently, ever so often, put out an IG story to you guys or TikTok asking you guys for different podcast ideas, what information you want to receive from me because I could talk about anything forever and I have a lot of knowledge that I can give to you, but I want to provide what's going to be the most the most resourceful information and content that you guys want. So, one that came in a lot recently was how did you navigate having celiac, getting diagnosed with IBS and Crohn's disease, and go to school and now have a nine to five job? And let me tell you, it has been easy at times and it has also been very, very hard at times. So I think it's a really important topic to talk about because my two age groups on these platforms are like 18 to 24 and then 35 to like 50. So two different age groups, but I've been through both of them or I'm currently in one and I recently graduated from college. So I have information to provide you on both aspects of how, even if it's a part-time job, how to navigate working a part-time job or I work a nine to five, I'm a digital marketer. I also have three other part-time jobs so how to be busy and have chronic illnesses to deal with. That is going to be today's topic. So in case you don't already know, well, first of all, my name's Lauren. Very nice to meet you if this is your first time listening. And if it's not, well, you truly have my heart. I love you because you make my world go round. And I'm so grateful for my continuing listeners. If you have listened to a couple podcasts and you are enjoying it, mean the world to me if you could literally write a review or leave like a starred review um, if you write a written review if you could maybe explain what my podcast has helped you with is it celiac ibs crohn's um emotional support or just someone you know to listen that has the same experience any of those aspects i would greatly appreciate it it's really important for new listeners to kind of understand what my podcast will help them with when it comes to dealing with their diagnosis as well as knowing that I provide other information, tips, tricks, recipes, all of that good jazz. So if any of that resonates with you and you are a supporter of me, it would mean the world to me if you could write a review. But if you are new here and you don't follow my socials and you found me through looking up podcasts for celiac disease, welcome. And I would also encourage you to 
join me on my social media accounts. My main platform is TikTok. My username is at eat gluten free with me. I post a bunch of different recipes, tips, tricks, my personal stories, my experiences with doctors, procedures, different outfits I love to wear when I'm bloated. I love to wear fashionista type things. I actually had a fashion account before I started this one, but um, this is where I was more resonating with. So that is kind of what my TikTok entails. I post three times a day, every day, or more. Today I posted like six times. I had a lot of information to display to you guys, so I had to do multiple videos, but always active on TikTok. And for Instagram, that's kind of like my everyday move. I don't post as much like in feed. It's more about like the stories, um, the IG stories where I just display like, what am I eating for breakfast? What kind of workout did I do today? What are my symptoms like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? It's just an update of my overall general life. And I will also put a lot of discount codes for different brands. Um, if you want to get deals on like different food products or kitchenware, got it all there for you. So yeah, so much is on Instagram too. Two completely different platforms, different audiences. It's all there for you though. All there for you to support, support and find a community where you can feel like you're involved with. And so that you know that you're not alone because you are not. Currently, we got 20,000 others that got celiac disease because, or more, because between all my accounts, that's where we're at right now, which is freaking crazy. Blows my mind, makes me want to squeeze and give you all a freaking hug because it, I just, I remember when I was like first diagnosed and I just like would sit in my room and cry like every single day because I was like, I don't know like if I can make it through this and like I just felt so alone. So to know that I've created this community where you guys can know that you're not alone and so that I can even get support from it. So when I'm in my deep, dark times, I can know that you guys are there to support me. It just is blowing my mind. It's like warmed my heart so much and it truly means so much to me. Um, I mean, that's why I continue to create content for you guys because it's truly like my TikTok and my Instagram and this platform, this whole community is probably my number one priority in my life right now um just because every day I focus on self-care and these platforms allow me to do that because I'm just talking about my own journey and how I can improve my own health and the same time that I'm relaying this information to you I am caring for myself and for my own medical illness so thank you again it means the literal world to me it's my baby you guys are my babies and I'm here to take care of you. <laughs> and if you ever find that you need more personalized advice, please feel free to reach out to me through DM on Instagram. Unfortunately, on TikTok, it doesn't allow you to send me DMs unless we're both following each other. And I could never keep up with trying to follow, obviously, all of you back. But on Instagram, I can see DMs from anybody. So I, I answer those every single day. Literally, if you have something gross to tell me, like related to celiac disease <laughs> or if you have any dying questions or you want to know my experiences with a certain procedure or anything like that please feel free to reach out to me on instagram dm or you can join my support group and ask there either one works for me my girl i'd be working up a freaking workout right now i went to orange city this morning i was tired but i thought it was like cool out today 
no, I really do be dripping sweat right now. I'm the queen of always sweating. It's, anyways, I'm off topic. <laughs> anyways, to get back to today's topic, again, we're discussing how it's possible to live with chronic illness and go to school full time or part time. And also, if you have a job, how to do a nine to five and live with chronic illness. I've worked remotely, I've worked in office, I have both sides to tell you. So I'm excited to share that with you today. So if you don't already know, I was diagnosed with celiac disease when I was 18 years old. Um, I first, so basically I'm from upstate New York. I moved to Massachusetts to go to school at Endicott College. <sighs> Lovely school, beautiful campus. I'm a beach girl, the beach was there. Made amazing friends, absolutely adore them all. But the school was not for me. <laughs> so at the same time that I was dealing with not really loving the school, um, I also happened to be going through my first breakup. And it was a lot to handle all at once because we all know our first love, we think we're going to marry them. I'm sorry. I don't know if I should tell you that. That usually doesn't happen. But <laughs> in my opinion, I was getting married to that kid. So my heart was absolutely torn open when that ended. So between the stress of not really enjoying my school um, and also going through this breakup, I was under a tremendous amount of stress. Um, and as that stress kind of built, I noticed some changes. Um, the first change that I noticed, I think I thought was happening because when I go through stressful periods of time, or when I'm very angry or sad about something, the place that I go is the gym. So that's like the only way I distract myself. Like I literally will be on the treadmill like sobbing. Like I don't care who sees, I don't care if you look at me, that is how I get out of my shit. Like the gym has always been my place of like therapy and it forever will be. It's the only place I feel like I have control over my symptoms and I can control how strong I am. I can control you know, if my muscles grow bigger or <laughs> if they get smaller, like I can control it. Unlike my stomach, like I can't control none of that shit. So I can control my emotions at the gym. That is my place. So I started to go to the gym a lot during this time because I was stressed. I was anxious. I was upset, angry, sad, all of it, all of the above. And I started to lose like a lot of weight, like I had nothing, like no boobs, no stomach, no ass. Like, I, that wasn't really like who I was. I was kind of always like a bigger, or just like a medium-sized girl, like a normal person. But like, I just had nothing to me. I was just like skin and bones. Like I have photos, um, like in a bikini in my first semester of college. And I was just like, like bony, which is like not like me. So that was kind of the first symptom. I was like very frail then. But I didn't really think anything of it. It just kind of like, I was like, oh, I just must be losing weight. I don't know. And then I started to like burp a lot. But in my head, I was like, one of the reasons I was scared to go to college is because I was petrified of the food. Like everyone always talks about how bad college food is. So I was like, oh man, I'm going to be shitting my brains out. And I was really scared. So when I started to eat the food, and I started to like burp a lot after eating it. I was like, oh, that must be normal. I wasn't shitting like everyone said I would be. And I was like, the food's probably just so bad for you that I'm just like regurgitating it. So again, 
didn't really like spark any interest that something may be wrong until my friend that was a nurse she's like Lauren I'm gonna call you a burpologist and I was like oh my god this is so funny because <laughs> to me then it was really fucking funny because I had no clue there was anything wrong um so yeah that was my nickname in college burpologist um yeah I really didn't think anything of it um and then I ended up transferring home I do remember a day when I was at Endicott I literally could not make it to my class my stomach was in excruciating pain. I was literally, I, I like remember it like, like it was yesterday. I was curled up in a ball on my bed and I just remember calling my mom crying and I was like, mom, I swear, like, I know I'm depressed, but like this stomach pain is not from that. Like this feels like there's actually something like spinning in my stomach, like with a knife scraping out my insides. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And at this point, my family was pretty like they wanted me to stay there and I didn't and they were kind of like aggravated a little bit with me so they were like get over it just go to class and I did not go to class that day I was like I, I didn't go to the first class the, I'm the type of person I will go to the class no matter what I'm in what situation I'm in I got a 4.0 in college I am very very stoic and I take school very seriously and I'm there to learn, I'm there to get my work done, I'm there to present all my knowledge in any course. So to miss a class is like extremely hard for me to do. That's just the type of person I am. I don't know why. Summa cum laude, bitches. <laughs> Couldn't tell you why. Just how I am. So the second class, I was like, fuck Lauren, if you don't go, you're going to be so behind in school. So I decided to get up. I remember I looked like a freaking mess i was wearing sweats which i never wore to class in the biggest baggiest sweatshirt i could find and i don't even think i brought my backpack i brought like a pen and a notepad i was like this is not gonna go well i sat there the whole class and i just wanted to leave but i was like whatever at least i got attendance <laughs> and then i got out of there and i just stayed in my room all day i didn't even eat dinner um thinking now i know that was my celiac disease back then no clue also my ex used to tell me like i remember being at his house and being like oh my stomach's hurting and he'd be like oh want me to make you tea that was like another sign that now i look back and i'm like hmm, that all makes sense now but these were the beginning signs that obviously i wasn't aware then were related to celiac disease so from just me giving that little splurge you know that I dealt my entire college experience with getting diagnosed with three different diseases and it was definitely mentally and physically very hard to deal with. I think one of the biggest challenges, especially in college, was that I wasn't skipping classes because I didn't want to go to classes. I had to skip classes because I had you know, hour-long infusions and four doctor's appointments every week and colonoscopies and endoscopies and throwing up and just feeling so sick. And that's something that, you know, people who live a normal life and don't have an autoimmune disease don't really understand. So let's talk about, you know, being able to have doctor's appointments and go to school full-time. Um, Obviously, this might be kind of obvious to you, but the way that I kind of dealt with 
having to go to doctor's appointments was my doctor was literally right across the street from my college. So location is super important. If you go to a school in a remote area, that might be more difficult, but I think it's super important to have a gastroenterologist or a doctor that you can go to that is in close proximity to your college. If you don't have a car, you need to be able to take a cheap Uber to that um, doctor's appointment. Or if you have a car, you need to be able to like drive within, you know, honestly, 10 minutes would probably be the best, but like 30 minutes, I would say max. Um, because what I'm about to say is that it's the best if you book your appointments in between your classes. Yes, this does take from time that you have to study. Um, if your medical disease really does cause you almost a disability you can apply for disability at your college I personally did not do this but it is an option um also if you're like a freshman in college say you're not even in college yet teachers are really accommodating I would say some of my classes were not accommodating because I went to a very large university and some of my classes were like 500 plus kids so my teacher did not give a shit what you're going through. He's like, you should end on time. If you have smaller classes, like my smaller classes when they were like 50 people, you're more connected with the professor and they understand if you need to miss a test or if you need to take a test remotely, which is great that that's, that's an option now. Um, so one, book your, make sure your doctor's is close to your school within Ubering distance or driving distance. Sorry, the wind's really bad. Number two, book your doctor's appointments in between your classes so that you're not missing any school time. Um, number three, develop relationships with your professors. Kiss their ass, guys. When you have a medical disease, you gotta kiss their ass so that when there's a time when you can't make a test because you got a doctor's appointment or when there's a time you feel like shit and you don't want to go to class, they will let it go without any issues. That is how you get through college with chronic illness. So a lot of people are going to ask me, how do you get up and go to class when you feel like shit? Well, first is my personality. I'm not one to let something stop me, and you shouldn't either. Yeah, life can be painful. It sucks sometimes, but that is honestly our reality, and that's not going to go away. If you continually throughout your life let your pain inhibit you from getting to important things, you're not going to be able to be successful in your college career, and you're not going to be able to be successful in your professional career. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow when I was going through, like, you know, college with an autoimmune disease and working now with an autoimmune disease. But um, it is the reality. In, in all honesty, colleges don't give a shit about your personality. It's a business. They don't give a shit about you or your own personal story. It's truly a business and they're there to make money. If you can't come to class, that's on you. It's the same thing with, you know, the professional world. Your boss, you might think they give a crap about you, but they don't. You're there to make them money, and if you can't be there, then they're going to fire you. So, kind of take a second to breathe. It's a scary statement, but it's kind of the reality. Understand that, and then let's talk about ways to conquer that, because I got to tell you, I live it, and it's possible. 
So what do I do on the days that I feel like shit and can't even possibly think of walking into the classroom because I feel like I'm in so much pain? The first thing I would definitely do is if I have any medication that can ease that pain, if it's abdominal cramping, um, maybe take a pain reliever. I would try to go the more natural route and use a peppermint supplement. Peppermint is known to decrease symptoms of bloating. Drink peppermint tea. If you're nauseous, you got to drink some ginger tea. Um, If you're feeling very fatigued the night before your class, make sure you get to bed early. Prioritize your health. Don't stay up on your phone scrolling through TikTok, even though you're like me and you really want to. It's not going to be beneficial to your health and for you um, academically or professionally. So make sure you're getting that adequate rest time. If your stomach is hurting you, maybe you don't you know, eat a heavy meal before your class. Maybe you bring some bone broth to class with you in a little Yeti or like a little container that's going to keep it hot and you sip on that through class. Um, it's all about being proactive and listening to your symptoms and making sure you're treating those so that you can feel in a good enough state where you feel like you can go to class. Days that I don't feel good, I don't give a shit what I look like. Honey, in 20 years, no one in college is going to remember what you are or who you are and what you look like. So, screw it, wear the sweatpants, the oversized sweatshirt, hair down, makeup a mess. That was me. <laughs> um, just, just, yeah, sweatpants and leggings, they were my go-to, bro. I would say, I would get up dressed up sometimes, but most times I would just wear sweatpants, leggings, really comfortable clothing, things that I can sit in for a long time that won't really bother my waistband so that you know, when I'm sitting in class, I'm not wearing super tight jeans and I'm like, oh, I can't breathe. That's not comfortable for anybody, especially if you experience bloating and a lot of gut issues. Um, so yeah, dress comfortable. New option that, you know, with COVID happening in the world that we're very lucky that we have the option to do now is remote working and remote class classes. If your pain is really, really unbearable and you can't even think of ever being able to get to a class. Like you can't even fathom the thought of sitting in a chair for like three hours because your pain gets that bad and you need to be in bed laying down. And in the comfort of your home, own home, remote classes. There are schools that like are 100% remote now and I know every school offers remote classes now. And you can work with your academic um, what the heck is it called? Not leader. Cannot think of what it's called, but the person that helps you decide what classes you're going to take, you can work with them on choosing all remote classes. And if your college can't, you know, accommodate that for you, then it might be a good option to transfer to another school that can. Because the only, you know, the only career that I would say probably wouldn't do much, um, like in terms of remote work would be like the medical field, like nursing, becoming a doctor, PA, physical therapy, stuff like that. It's gonna be harder to do remote, but there are professions, like for me, I went for marketing, that you can do from the comfort of your home. And I would highly, highly recommend that if you are in debilitating pain and you don't think you could attend class. What I'm going to say is don't let your autoimmune disease consume you to the point where it takes away your ability to get a college degree. That would break my heart for you because 
your diagnosis wants to consume you. It wants to overwhelm you. It wants to think that you can't get past it, but that's not the reality. I know deep down how strong you are, and I know you can push through this. It's all about pushing through the pain, realizing your worth, and realizing that your diagnosis is not your forever. When you get to the point where you conquer your symptoms, you're going to have a career, you're going to have a job, you're going to have a life for yourself. And I wouldn't want you to skip out on going to college and getting your degree because your autoimmune disease consumed you. If, again, your pain is that bad where you cannot attend college, it's okay, take a break, take a couple gap years, fix yourself, focus on yourself, go to your doctor's appointment, see your specialist, get the information you need to take care of yourself, fix yourself, fix your health, and then come back at it and go chase your dreams because, again, your autoimmune disease is not your life. You have a life outside of that that you need to complete and that you need to fulfill. When it comes to eating at your university, I would suggest if you live at the university or the college, super important if you got diagnosed before you chose your college to make sure that they have options available for people with celiac disease or with IBS if you have very specific foods that you have to eat. My dining hall at Endicott, it actually had a very good, now that I think about it, it had good options for people with celiac disease. Um, The chefs were pretty accommodating. Like if you needed something specific, they would go in the back and make it for you and bring it out for you separately. If there were always signs like if you have allergies, please let us know and we'll, you know, make those accommodations in the back and bring your meal out to you. Um, They also had, what was I going to say? Oh, they had a little fridge for the morning that had like, um soy milk almond milk um separated for kids who had like specific allergies and stuff like that so when you're touring colleges it's really important to make sure that you're observing those different things in terms of you know health related aspects and food um or even like straight up if they can you know match you up with someone who has celiac disease and you can talk to someone who goes to that college and their experience with the food system there Um, That would be an amazing asset to have as well. In terms of if you commute to college, I would always bring my own food with me. Or I had a car where I could go off campus and I lived in the area and I could go to different places that I knew would have gluten-free options for lunch. I found, well, when I was in college, I didn't have IBS. So I would pack granola bars I would pack you know avocado toast with an egg on it I would pack a salad with chicken and quinoa bowls um turkey sandwiches tuna sandwiches a yogurt with granola um crackers uh gluten-free cheese that's like literally nuts anything uh I would always over prepare so that I was never hungry because going to class being hungry is like the most difficult thing in the entire universe like how can you possibly sit there and learn and be hungry at the same time doesn't work well so always come prepared with different meals if you are currently at a college and you just got diagnosed with celiac disease and they don't have any food options available for you to eat well then that becomes a little bit more tricky I would encourage you to maybe move off campus if you can if that's not an option then we are making the dorm situation work um you you might think I'm a bad person but if you live in a dorm and they're gonna tell you that you're not allowed to bring this 
but you can get a little camper stovetop that doesn't have flame. It's literally, you plug it into the wall and it heats up. Literally get one of those and get a little saute pan, plug it into the wall. Then you can cook your own food um, in your dorm room. Just make sure you hide it when the RAs come in. I think that's what they're called. I don't even remember. Um, yeah, so that would be my little tidbit if you want to cook, cook in your room. Obviously, you can always have a microwave, but it's really hard to eat gluten-free and microwave all your meals. I mean, I would say, like, if you want to eat oatmeal, um, yogurt with granola is another great option. Turkey slices with nuts and fruit is always a great option. Uh, let me think of what else. Honestly, yeah, get the little stovetop, the cooking stovetop thing. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, literally plugs into the wall. Get a little saute pan. Then you can have your little mini fridge of whatever you need to cook. And as long as your roommates and your friends don't snitch on you, like, you're amazing. And now you got your own little crib and kitchen in your little dorm room. Um, that would be my number one tip for that. So let's move on more towards big, big girl world. <laughs> the nine to five or working a job in having chronic illness. Because let's be real. I mean, I only have five days vacation and three sick days like the time that I can take off from work is like so limited so let's talk a little bit about how I go through life and have a job and take care of my health I mean the first thing I'm gonna say is it is not easy by any means but girls gotta pay bills <laughs> I gotta pay bills I want to live my life I want to go on vacation um so I didn't have another option so Basically, I work as a digital marketer, and I am on my computer for eight hours a day, and I hate it, but that's just how life is right now. Um, it's not my forever job, it's just my first job. I just graduated college in May 2021, so this is my first job out of school. Um, when I first started uh, my 9 to 5, it was a very overwhelming and stressful process because, I mean, I was so used to in college, like having a routine where I could do whatever I want. Like, I'm a very studious person, and I could study from 12 to 4. And then I was like, okay, time to move my body for the rest of the day because I'm the type of person where if I don't move my body, that's when my symptoms arise. Um, or if I focus too much on, like, what I'm eating and not just, like, living life, it'll cause my symptoms to get a lot worse. So with working and sitting so many hours of the day, I already was getting like anxiety that my symptoms were going to arise and they did. Um, it's been a struggle to, to have enough time in the day to take care of my body and myself and my symptoms and to enjoy my job as well. So when I first started my job, I would basically, I wasn't used to waking up at crack of dawn. So I would get up at like seven get ready for work, and I worked about 35 minutes from home, so I had to leave a little bit early. And then I, I had a standing desk, so I would stand, I would try to stand for like five hours, and then sit for a couple, and then after work, I would go to the gym. And during this time, I was having a lot of really bad flare-ups, and I think it was because of the change of this routine. When I was in college, I had a part-time job where I worked 40 hours as a barista at a smoothie shop and I was on my feet for 40 hours a week and I was just constantly moving didn't even have time to think about eating um my, oddly my body liked that better 
And so I started to go to the gym after work on my nine to five. And I was noticing I was like so bloated, so uncomfortable. And I would just like feel too uncomfortable to even get to the gym. So the first switch I made was every day I go to the gym right in the morning. I, w- I wake up at five, six a.m. I take care of myself first because taking care of my body and my symptoms and making sure that I'm having the best day possible is in my control. So though it is tiring to wake up really early, that was a really big solution to me because I noticed when I would go to the gym in the morning, my symptoms would be in like remission all day versus if I go to the gym at night, my bloating tends to build up throughout the day. And if I wait till nighttime, it's just too unbearable to even go. But if I work out in the morning, it tends to calm those symptoms and then I feel better for the rest of the day. So that was solution number one, making sure that I would get up every morning and do something to help my body, whether that's meditating, working out, doing a belly massage, um, any of those things, reading a book, making sure that when I wake up, I'm taking care of myself in whatever shape shape or form that looks like for you. After that, um, I had a lot of difficulty with meal planning because I went to college during the COVID era, so I had been at home um, for, like, what, a year and a half, two years, and I never had to cook, like, lunches or meal prep or anything because I wasn't in an office. I wasn't in a classroom, and then when I got my first job, it was in office, so I just, on top of my full-time job, I also had a part-time job as a manager at my old smoothie shop job that I was doing TikTok on top of it. And I'm also a wedding planner. So I just found literally zero time to meal prep anything. And I just found myself eating a lot of junk food. And that wasn't, not junk food, but food that had a lot of processed chemicals in them. And they were making my stomach feel absolutely terrible. So the first thing I did was every morning, every Saturday morning, um, before I go to any of my other jobs, I have to meal prep at least something. Like if it's my zucchini granola bars or cut up my cucumbers um, because I make pickled cucumbers or if it's making like an egg omelet casserole for breakfast. So I'll meal prep that in the morning. I won't cook it. I'll just prepare it and then I'll put it in the fridge. And then when I come back from my other job, I'll throw it in the oven when I get home so that it's meal prep for the rest of the week. Meal prep is so important because if I don't meal prep, I end up eating a lot of processed and packaged items, and those are the items that really make me feel sick. So that's a crucial um, a crucial aspect for me. If you say you don't work on the weekends, I think the weekends are such a valuable time to be able to get ahead in your own health. Wake up on Saturday morning. Maybe you hadn't had time to go to the gym all week. Um, that's when, you know, you wake up, you do what your body needs, you do, you do what you need to do. Do you need to relax on the weekends? Do you need to meal prep on the weekends? It's all about taking your five to nine before work and your five to nine after work and making sure that you're being as useful as you can with those hours. And if you have time on the weekend, that's also a crucial time to be able to, you know, be prepared for your chronic illness and, um, also, in terms of food, I guess, and then also, you know, be able to have those items available when you're at work so that you're not resorting to um, takeout for lunch because that can be cross-contaminating. You can get sick from that. So it's all about, like, thinking ahead, planning ahead, making sure you have what you need for the week, 
and then moving forward. I think another funny thing is that when I started my nine to five job, no one really like talked about, you know, it's like the freshman 15 in college. And I think there's also like a, I just started my first job freshman 15 because I started to gain a lot of weight. But that weight gain wasn't only from, you know, going from being on my feet for 40 hours a week to now being stagnant for eight hours a day. It also came from me not having like a routine and it causing major flare ups for me and my body being so inflamed that it was like causing me to feel like I had gained weight, but I didn't actually gain weight. Um, So it is a change of lifestyle. Obviously, we all know that. And that's something that is definitely going to take time for you to find your own groove in and for you to find your own routine in. When it comes to being able to make sure that you're not getting like takeout for dinner um, because possible cross-contamination can happen there. uh, What I do is at the beginning of the week, I'll find like five recipes that I want or maybe four recipes and I'll eat out on Friday. So I'll do like I'll find four recipes online, and I will cut up any vegetables that are in those recipes. I will portion out any rice that is in those recipes or any grains or anything like that, potatoes. And I will make sure that all my meat, if I'm having a burger, is already pressed into a burger, or maybe I pre-cook the meat so that when I get home, it's there. Like, I don't have to think about, like, oh, I don't want to cook dinner. Um, Now I'm going to get takeout, and that's going to cause my stomach to flare something like that. I always make sure that things are prepped so I can just pull it out, put it in the oven, and then it's good to go. That is, that's the most efficient way to calm your own nerves when it comes to being able to have a job and being chronically ill um, when it comes to food, I think. But obviously not everything's about food. Sometimes it's about your own symptoms. And sometimes you wake up and you're very uncomfortable with yourself and you know maybe how your stomach is feeling or maybe you're nauseous or you're going diarrhea or you're going to the bathroom out you're i don't know everyone has different symptoms but that's also something that's very difficult to attend work when you feel like that and you feel very uncomfortable and you don't want to have to dress professionally because you just don't think you can your body can handle that that's something i also went through um when i first started my job that change of routine causes massive flare-ups for me and again as i said i was like I felt like I was gaining weight. Um, I was not fitting into any of my clothes. They were so tight on me. I literally couldn't breathe. I think I would cry in the work, cry in the, my drive to work like every single day probably because I was unconfident in myself. I felt like I'd gained weight. I couldn't fit in my clothes. So it was just uncomfortable to even be in my clothes. I just felt out of place at work. I didn't feel like I was a good place to be there, and I didn't feel like I was a positive person to be around, which normally I radiate positivity, and that's the only type of positivity I want to give out to people. Um, And so I totally understand how that could be. Obviously, with my job, like I work on a computer, so if I am very sick and I cannot come into work, I can be like, oh, I'm going to work remote today. But being that this was a new job, that wasn't something that I was comfortable with doing yet. So I would cry my way to work, wipe the tears away, and get my ass in the office and work. Because, I mean, as, as mu- again, this is hard to hear, but as much as it sucks, like sometimes you just have to push through. And I'm sure a bunch of you know that. There's times where you can't, you can't let your symptoms get, get in front of you and um, push you backwards from moving forward. Because there's just some things you have to show up to, and work is one of those. 
If you are chronically ill and it is very difficult for you to show up at work and you don't think that you can physically do that, remote work is an option, which is absolutely amazing for people who are chronically ill. And I am actually a remote worker now. So I work at the same job, but we all ended up going remote and I do love it when it comes to my symptoms. Like if I'm having a terrible day, I can just throw my sweats on, get in bed, do my work. Um, But it also allows me to be more active. Like on my work or work breaks, I can take lunches or I can work out. I can go for a run. Um, And then while I'm working, if I have like a slow day, I can meal prep or I can cook something. Um, I cook all my breakfast, lunches and dinners right at home. And I can choose what I want to eat in that moment and what's going to feel good for me because I have access to cooking right then and there. And I'm in my own comfortable area. And if I have a comfortable my stomach hurts, I can put the heating pad on because I'm at, I'm not like in the office. So I definitely suggest if you are chronically ill, looking into remote work, if you're in business or you're in marketing, those jobs are available on LinkedIn and Indeed. Obviously, if you work in healthcare, that's a little more difficult to come by. I don't think that would be like a remote type of environment or type of job or career to have. Um, So it all depends on the career path that you take and if remote work is available. I think as much as when I said I was in college, I would be a kiss up to my my teachers to make them, um, like if I had an emergency and I couldn't come to class, they would be more understanding. I think it goes the same way with a boss. Um, You do your job well and you show them the type of person you are. So the days you do feel ill, you can work remotely or you can take a couple sick days because you're not feeling well. Um, That's another thing. If you are very chronically ill and you do think you're going to be out a lot, then look for jobs with a limited PTO so that the days you don't feel good, you don't have to show up to work. And that's not going to um, be looked at as negatively by your company. Um, It's all about understanding what you need as a person who is chronically ill. And when you're looking for a job, you make sure that that job also fits your lifestyle. For me, um, having a work-life balance is super important. And I know in the advertising industry, you know, they don't see it as that. They want you to be available to work 24 hours a day. And I'm just like, if I have to change industries, like, okay, but I cannot be available to work my nine to five job for 24 hours a day because there's so much that goes into trying to healing my body and making sure that I'm taking care of my own health. So when you're looking for a job, if they're requiring you to be on the clock 24 hours a day and you don't think your, your lifestyle aligns with that, that's also something that's really important to take into account. And I definitely think that you should think about that as you are applying to different jobs and as you are at the job that you have now. So yeah, those would be my tips when it comes to being in college and university and high school, middle school, all of those things with being chronically ill, as well as, um, you know, having a career and a job and being chronically ill. So I hope all that information has helped you. And again, if you're not following me on Instagram, you can give me a follow at eat.glutenfree with me for more daily content and for more advice, recipes, outfit ideas for bloated tummies, anything. Literally, my TikTok has so much content on it. Follow me at eatglutenfree with me. And since you're here at my podcast, it would mean the world if you could subscribe to me and obviously leave me a review if you are willing to do so. Okay, I love you so much, guys. I will talk to you soon. Bye bye.